Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What gives a happy meal its smile? Is it the delicious four-piece chicken McNuggets with no artificial colors or preservatives? The kid-sized fries? The apple slices? Or the low-fat milk? Maybe. But we think what gives a happy meal its smile is watching the whole family enjoying a meal. With a McDonald's Happy Meal, everyone enjoys together. Just $3 on the all-new $1-2-3 menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Blog Talk Radio. Yes, yes, y'all. You are now listening to the shofar blowing. The shofar is blowing to coordinate a queen or a king. The shofar is blowing to inspire the people to do their thing. And today, the shofar is being blown to inspire us to let the pleasure just flow. This is uh, Blog Talk Radio, and you're listening to Faux Show Holistic Health. I'm your host, Shofar, from Faux Show Energy Work. And today, my guest is Habib Akandi. Habib is a British-born of Nigerian descent. He graduated from Kingston University. He is the author of five books, including Illuminating uh, Blackness, Black and Muslims in Brazil, and A Taste of Honey, Sexuality, and Erotica in Islam. And so and today, uh, we're going to be talking about his book, Kunyasa, The Secret of Female Pleasure. Brother Habib Akandi, you there? I'm here, Shofar. How are you, brother? Hey, I'm doing good, man. No question. Definitely, definitely been looking forward to it. So how you, everything is going well with you? Yeah, everything is fine, thank you. In London, it's really cold out here, but how is it for you? Oh, it's good. I'm in San Diego. We get a little spoiled. I'm originally from, you know, I know you're over in, uh, in, in Great Britain, so I'm from those upstarts. I'm originally from Virginia, one of the thir- original 13 colonies. Nice, nice, nice. It's freezing. <laughs> it's actually snowing here. It's freezing. It's snowing there. Oh, wow. Yeah, see, now I had to go ahead and move to the West Coast. San Diego definitely has spoiled me. So I, I'm good if I don't see any more snow other than, like, maybe trying to do some snowboarding or something, you know? <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. No question. Well, all right, well, let's go ahead and jump into this because, you know, uh, it's only 30 minutes. So, uh, Kunyasa, tell, tell, tell the family out there, what is that? Yeah, so Kunyasa is a traditional sensual technique originally from Rwanda in East Central Af- Africa. And basically, the technique it triggers um, female ejaculation and multiple orgasms um, in women during heterosexual encounters. Basically, that's in a nutshell what it's about. Um, it's a tradition that's been um, originated over 150 years ago, um, and it's basically it's a like I said, it's a sexual technique. In order, it's basically it's all about female pleasure, and it's where a man will use um, his parts of his genitalia in order to stimulate the woman. He's obviously female's um, companion in order to facilitate female ejaculation and also orgasm. The word itself, kunyaza, is derived from 
um, an, a, Rwandan, a Rwandanese word called kunyara, which means to urinate. And it comes from an expression to mm. urinate, meaning not to urinate literally, but to expel fluid, which is to ejaculate. And it's a, it's a phenomenon, like I said, that's been in existence for over 150 years. Gotcha. But not many people All know right. about it. So I'm trying to bring it to light and talk about not only this tradition, which is female-orientated and female-empowering, it's also about the the psychology of the tradition because it's not just the technique itself, which my book is about and I'm trying to explore. I'm trying to understand the psychology of male-female relations in Rwandan East Central Africa because amongst a number of the Rwandanese people, it's the man's duty to pleasure a woman, not only mm. physically but emotionally and mentally. Now, everyone, when, mm. we, when we, they talk about Kunyaza, they generally think about that just sexual technique itself. But prior to Kunyaza, it's all about the mental stimulation that the man has to do in order to make his, his girlfriend or wife feel comfortable before they actually engage in the actual act itself. So I'm more interested in the psychology um, of, the, of the actual technique as opposed to the actual technique itself. Got you. Wow, wow. That's, that's deep, I believe. You know what? Uh... The, the the emotional component too. We'll have to talk some offline about what I do because that that's a that's a deep part right there. So that was another one of my questions I wanted to ask you. In your research, did you find that this was uh, uh, that it really is genuinely empowering to women, or is it just another way to validate men's uh, sexuality, masculinity? No, no, it, it was actually empowering for women, and that was what I was actually more intrigued by by it because um, there was a recent documentary which came out last year called Sacred Water. I'd advise anyone who's interested, you know, to go and check that out. And it's basically where a, a, a white Dutch, white Belgian man, he heard about the technique and he wanted to understand, not again, not just the technique itself, but is this a, is this something which empowers women or is it for men's ego? And it was actually right. he interviewed a number of people, especially one woman who was um, she was a singer, which is basically a female sex educator, and she was teaching men as well as women, the importance of this tradition and why they're trying to maintain it. Because, like I said, it's not the actual technique itself, which is important, but it's what goes on beforehand in terms of the man ensuring that the woman is at ease, both psychologically and emotionally, before even engaging in any sexual encounter. Because that's what the, the, um, the tradition is about. It's about empowering women and making sure they feel at ease. Again, before you're talking about their sexual pleasure, emotional pleasure and um, psychological pleasure is, is as important. I like that, man. I like that. You know, in, in doing my research for the show, I actually uh, watched one video um, that uh, showed the technique, but it reminded me a lot of um, uh, still of American porn. There may be some good videos out there, but I didn't have much time, so I only found one. And the one I found, I could tell that the woman still wasn't comfortable. And sure enough, like, she didn't, she didn't um, you know, ejaculate. Um, you yeah. know, during the, I mean, the, the, tap, the, the tapping technique and all that was there, but I, I think probably because of the camera and all of that, she just, you know, and, and that's what I find, you know, you, you find in American porn a lot of times, a lot of times the women are, are dry, you know, they're not even, not yeah. even wet, you know. So that's interesting. And, I think and that's so, very so, deep. Yeah, so it's kind of fun. That's something which I wanted to explore because what's happened in the last, you could say, five to ten years is a lot of Europeans, once they've heard about this technique, they're kind of trying to mm -hmm. exploit it and they talk about the technique itself as opposed to the tr as opposed to the tradition. Because when you're talking about the mm -hmm. Kunyaza tradition, it's more than just the technique itself because, you know, the Europeans will just take, like, the technique and think, if you just do this technique, all of a sudden a woman can achieve climax. And there's more to it than that. And that's what, when I spoke earlier about the psychology of Kunyaza, which is making sure that the man treats his woman like a lady 
making sure she's feel comfortable. So, but it's not just about, you know, you do this technique, this tapping technique, and all of a sudden she can ejaculate. Because that's something that a lot of, like I said, Europeans, they're concentrating on as opposed to the actual the foreplay which goes on beforehand, not only physical foreplay, but mental foreplay, which is part of the Kunyaza tradition, which, again, for every reason, a lot of Europeans don't speak about that. They just like that actual technique itself, and then it, it's, they're equating it to pornography when it's very different. Uh, amen. <laughs> uh, Brother Habib, I mean, uh, one of the things about this machine culture, microwave culture that, you know, uh, Western culture that we live in um, uh, is the, the hurried way of learning things and, and trying to apply these different, you know, maybe ancient techniques like, like Kunyaza or Tantra or Taoism Dao, or whatever, different things around sexuality and not realizing the holistic approach of these uh, indigenous cultures when, when talking about sex. It wasn't just you do this technique and that's how it works. I, I love that, that your book and that, that you're uh, interested in, in bringing to the public that is a holistic approach. To this is not just the, the physical technique; it's a whole, a whole, whole other, other aspect there that could be missed. Could you go a little bit into about what? So, what are some of the things that you found uh, in the Rwandan culture that you know, traditional uh, Rwandan culture that the the men do to relax the woman? Okay, in terms of what I found, and some of the fascinating things I found was starting with the women because I think they're more important in this regard is how they view sure. their own sexuality. And how they view okay. themselves. So, because I mean, I'm sure it's the same in America, but it's the same like in Europe in terms of a lot of the mental hang-ups that the, that many women have in terms of the way they view themselves, in terms of physically and like in terms of what is like the correct way that uh, or, or, um, the genitalia should look like. They don't have those hang-ups. So you have women of different types. You've got women that's you know very voluptuous, women that's very slender, and all proud of the way not only the way they look physically but also their genitalia. And there's something which, um, there's a phenomenon which, again, is quite popular in, in Europe, and I'm sure it's the case in, in America, where there's a number of women are trying to get this so-called perfect vagina. I'm not sure if you've heard about mm. it, and it's something that, again, because, because of pornography as well. And that's why, even in terms of this practice, the reason why some women from Europe and America are finding it difficult to ejaculate um, was because they're not, they weren't comfortable with their, the way their genitalia looks. Whereas in comparison, when you're looking at a lot of traditional women from East Africa and Central Africa and Rwanda, they were comfortable with the way they look. They were comfortable with imperfection. Whereas in the West, we're trying to get this idyllic, you know, body form, which doesn't exist in reality. So a lot of it, what I found was really interesting was how they perceived themselves and how they perceived sexuality. And they wasn't, again, because pornography wasn't, um, again, I'm mainly talking about traditional Rwandan people, they wasn't influenced by pornography and they wasn't educated about sex via pornography like many people in the West. Their understanding about male-female relations and sexual interactions was very different to what someone maybe from the West would think because a lot of the education comes from pornography, whereas with them it was about taking, getting to know the person first and foremost for who they are, even the way the woman looks, appreciating even her imperfections. And all of these things, even when men, when men spoke about women, whether she was quite large, whether she was slightly overweight, they all found that this something was alluring and something that they felt attracted to her, not like they were looking for this ideal form, which again, in this, you mentioned earlier about this like machine culture that we're in, where everyone's looking for a woman that looks like someone on TV, when that's like an unrealistic 
you know, ideal that people are chasing. Whereas with a number of the women and the men, they embrace people as they, as they you know, in their natural state, which I think was very empowering because when they're engaging in sexual, um, any sexual um, interactions, they're not, there's no hang-ups, there's no mental hang-ups where the woman might be thinking about, you might not like me by the way I look, by the way my genitalia might look, or think where they're appreciating the woman. When they, again, when I spoke to some of the men and some of the women, they don't have a lot of these hang-ups that many people seem to be uh, having in the West. So it was, it was more of their mindset which impressed me more than anything because they embrace people, like I said, as individuals and talk, like the men talk each woman as her own individual rather than saying they want a woman that, that they're obsessed with on TV or pornography and that's what they're looking for. A lot of it was their mindset, to be honest, that kind of got me. Oh, that's dope, man. That's 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 huge, man, because uh, in the work that I do, I find that uh, a lot of times that's one that, the, the big hang-ups if you work with a single person or a, 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 a couple is that just to, to to deconstruct some of these false belief systems about what the body is supposed to look like and and um, uh, the, these idols, if you will, that, that have been erected in the mind, you know, and, and then also how in this culture, like, we put each other, you know, sexually up on a on an auction block, you know. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's like we, we're put up on an auction block and we have to – Look a certain way, and this, and, and any of those different beliefs, are, in my in my opinion, Habib, it does exactly what you're saying. It cuts off sensuality and sexuality to a place where the energy can't flow in a way that will allow for uh, kunyaza that just naturally happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's and one cool, thing man. as well is that, and one mm-hmm. thing as well is that even though the technique or the tradition helps facilitate female or, um, ejaculation and, and multiple orgasms, that was never the goal. Gotcha. Like the goal is not is the, like some women find it very easier to um, ejaculate than others, but that was never the goal. It was this is gotcha. a technique that helps, but ultimately it's about female pleasure. Now, whether that comes in the form of um, ejaculation, whether that comes in the form of orgasms, whether that even that comes in the form of just gentle touching, that was the most important thing. The goal wasn't we just need to um, we just need to she just needs to climax. They wasn't they wasn't goal orientated the way many people are in the West. They're more pleasure orientated and it's more holistic approach again. So just understanding the way they viewed relations and a lot of these wisdoms that I learned and speaking to different people was from the older generation. But a lot of the younger generation, right. both in Rwanda, because I spoke to some people, um, you know, online and even those that living outside Rwanda, they wasn't aware of these customs because obviously they've been, in or, um, they've been influenced by the West. So even for some of them, they've like they've abandoned this kind of culture because they think it's Asian. When in reality, there's a lot of golden wisdom that you can take from their own kind of heritage. But again, they're kind of more looking to the Western Hollywood in terms of understanding what me, what should be like acceptable male-female relations, which is quite strange to me. Right. I, I love that point that you 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 touched on there too, Habib. I mean, because of you know like uh, the proliferation of these different things in the West now, um, and with a slant on it, like say they take Taoist teachings, they take uh, tantric teachings, and everything, but it's very just goal-oriented, you know, and very, um, uh, I would say, sex-oriented, not even pleasure-oriented. There is a difference and uh, because pleasure is actually a very healing modality. But um, in the West, these different things have been kind of, you know, stripped down to just be sex-oriented. So I love that here in a, a, in a, a traditional African culture, we actually find that it, it was pleasure-based and not goal-based. That's, that's, that's very cool. Yeah, and just the last thing, I mean, even for just to, for even some viewers, I mean, listeners, 
when you even mention, like, for example, like Kama Sutra, everyone's aware, or most people think they're aware of the Kama Sutra. But if you ask the average person, you know, what is the Kama Sutra, they'll think of, like, sex positions. When in reality, mm-hmm. it was a spiritual religious guidebook teaching both the man right. and the woman about male-female interactions. And only 25% of the actual book deals with sexual, deals with sex positions. But the West, when it was right. um, found in the 19th century and translated, they just concentrated on sex positions. And for now, when people think of Kama Sutra, they just think of all these, you know, elaborate sex positions, when that's only, you know, that's, that's less than half of the book, it's only 25% of the book. And it's doing a disservice to even that ancient tradition. So when people think of the Kama Sutra, they think it's just about sex, when it's more about pleasure and spirituality, which, again, that's something which I didn't want people to, when they hear Kunyaza, just think it's just about sex, when it's more about sensuality and, like, female pleasure, which, again, is more, more of a holistic approach. <laughs> I love what you say there. I mean, this is, a, again, to put us on notice, those of us who have, have the Western mind, you know, um, we, we've, we've been impregnated with it and have cultivated it, you knowingly or unknowingly. And, um, you know, like uh, looking at what has happened with, with Kama Sutra, like you're talking about, same thing like with yoga. You know, it's like we get, you know, we, we're taught to just get in these different positions. Maybe it's a good thing to get fit or the you know like uh the stretch and that's all beautiful that 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 serves a purpose but there was actually a deep inner teaching that goes along with that and the same thing like you're talking about with the Kama Sutra is like yes there were different positions and stuff but there was also something deep going on spiritually and inwardly with each individual themselves and then also in connecting with another human being so uh I'm glad that you're bringing that to the forefront with this practice with kunyasa yeah, I think a lot of it is about education. We need to educate ourselves, and we need to humble ourselves to those that came before us, because they they might have not had you know the technology that we've got today, but they had a, a lot of wisdom, and I'll argue that more wisdom that we've got now. And that's why I think it's just about trying to humble ourselves and learn from those who came before us to benefit those who not only our generation but those who are coming after us. And for those that came before us, I, 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 one of the things in researching this, I believe that I I, I truly. I liked about it too is that there seemed to be there was at least I, I don't know I think from what I I picked up in the research that I saw some of the videos and stuff that you know just like a lot of cultures you know it's starting to get westernized but there was definitely and has been a a big that the the elders play a big role of teaching actually you know uh, a woman or a man uh, about sex can you talk a little bit about that in your research about the yes, role of the well, elders. Definitely. So- Yes, and that's yeah. I'm glad you said that. And, and not only the elders, but eld the women as well. And again, especially mm. to see so many. I mean, the Kunyaza tradition is maintained and is taught generally by women who are known as sengas, which is um, mm. a female sex educator. And generally, that woman is just, um, is um, is a maternal. She's the maternal aunt of the man who's getting married, to, like traditionally to a woman. And the senga would teach the new bride about this technique. And now Sengas have okay. even become commercialized where they're teaching both men and women, even people that not, they're not related to. But it's a, tradition, it's a tradition which is maintained by women, which is, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. And women that are generally like well-experienced, not only in terms of, you know, physical relations, but also life experience. And that's, I think that's very important because, you know, generally the wisdom and that, you, that you get from someone that's in a 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s is very different to speaking to someone maybe that's in their early 20s because obviously they lack life experience. So that's something that really impressed me, that this is a tradition which is not only from, you know, Africa, but it's also maintained um, by women and where they're teaching men and women. So that's why, again, this whole idea of it's a, um, a technique which is for the man, it's actually, 
is one that is dedicated to women and is preserved and taught by women. I love that. I mean, uh, that is preserved and maintained and taught, you know, and uh, by women. I mean, that 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 to me. Uh, I read a book called Tantric Quest um, as I was learning, you know, uh, on my path of learning Tantra and Taoism. Um, and one of the things that I that stood out to me, Habib, about that is that the author uh, Daniel Ordeal, that book, he said that the true Tantra lines that he that he dealt with from India, that it was all maintained and preserved by women, and that that women were the masters actually, that they were actually naturally tantric. They were actually not naturally sensual and in contact with that, and that men had to humble themselves and actually go and learn that from the women. And I thought that was a deep concept. Like, wow, you know. So it seems like there's actually a, a parallel here with the Zingas and what they're doing, uh, how they're maintaining uh, the the Kunyasa. Mm, mm. Yeah, most definitely. What was that name of the book again? I want to check that out. That sounded really interesting. Tantric, tantric oh, Quest was it? Tantric Quest. Yeah, Tantric Quest. Quest by uh, Tantric Quest by Daniel O'Dear, O-D-I-E-R. Any of you family out there listening, if you're enjoying this conversation, go check that book out too. It's um, you know, it's a very, very enlightening book. Um, that uh, like I say, in that culture, in in that particular branch of tantra, the women were of high esteem. Wow, amazing, amazing. I have this quote that I had got. Let me see here. It was from one of the guys on one of the the elders on was the Sacred Waters. I saw just the the, the promo video, but uh, as a young as a gentleman by the name of Felix who was 68, he says, "Sex is for the woman. This is because the man has to please her and put her body into a certain state. Her pleasure is that of uh, the, the most important thing." Wow. I know a lot wow. of women out yeah. there, especially in Western culture, they would love to hear mm-hmm. what. This 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 elder Felix, sixty eight years old, what he was the understanding that he came to. Yeah, it's amazing. And again, you're hearing this from a man that is, you know, sixty eight, like you mentioned, but he's come from a culture and a tradition where that's expected, that's the norm. Unlike you know Western mm. society where male pleasure is the most important thing. So when you look at pornography and all these things, it's all about male pleasure. But in 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 Rwanda in particular, it's a total opposite. And another thing, like even like some of like when we when people talk about African sexuality, they might think about female genital mutilation, FGM. That doesn't exist in Rwanda. Right. It's oh, all wow. about okay. pleasuring the women. So, yeah, it, it doesn't exist. So even for them, so a number of the Rwandanese people I spoke to, when I mentioned about FGM, they, they wasn't aware of that because they said that's not our culture. And one thing I think is important for us in the West to understand and realize is that Africa is not a, Africans is not a, are not a monolithic group. There are various cultures, right. different cultures. And groups within Africa, and even there are certain sexual practices that, like my family is originally from Nigeria, I wasn't aware of this. Right. You know, right. and I've come from like our, my culture is more of it's all about the man and putting the man's pleasure is paramount. Whereas I'm hearing again a wonderful culture in East Africa where female pleasure is paramount and female sensuality is paramount. And as a man is teaching that you not only get physical pleasure but emotional and mental pleasure is important. That you're supposed to do what you can. You're not a real man until you pleasure the woman. That's, that was the saying that one wow. of the, one person I spoke to said. And again, so again, for a man, I think it will teach you sense that, okay, in order to obviously be a man and fulfill your duties as, as a man, you need to, like you mentioned before, humble yourself and understand the woman that you're with. And if you've got that m- mindset, it's very different. You have a, a different um, reverence and respect that you've got for your female partners as opposed to the way a lot of men are now, where it's very macho and sexist and it's all about conquering women as opposed to pleasuring women. 
So there's a, there's a lot be to because I'll be honest, I came from that mindset, which is all about my pleasure was always ahead of any female that I'm with. And it's all about conquering her. Then I'm learning the tradition, which is telling me that, no, as a man, you're not a real man until you understand your woman, not only physically, but emotionally and mentally, and also being able to satisfy. That's that's a true, you know, that's that's when you're really kind of like a man. I think it's good for men to hear that, that message. Hell yeah. Be humble. Sit down, you know. Be humble. Be humble, sit down, man. I know, uh, Habib, when I first saw the, the tantric masters doing what they do, two of, two, two of the three tantric masters that I learned from um, were men, and then the last one, the last uh, tantric master is a woman, and she actually gave me an experience of the tantric energy without even touching me. But when I saw this second master doing what he was doing, I was like, man, I, I thought I had some pretty good sexual experiences, but I was like, I never yeah. had what he was doing with this woman. I was like, and he wasn't even touching her. I was like, so I had to humble myself. And I think that's something mm-hmm. that you touched on that a lot of men that we got to work on. We we don't want to learn from women. Like if a woman tells us during sex, it mm-hmm. hurts, our, you know, we get butt hurt over it. Mm-hmm. Or, God forbid, another man try to tell us something. So, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think we miss out, you know, to each their own. But I'm, I'm, I'll just put it this way. I'm glad I listened. Mm-hmm. Right, like well, cool. right. Hey, I want to ask you this. This is an interesting topic. We probably, uh, definitely have to get you back on sometime because we're down to like five minutes now. Um, real quick um, and wrapping up, what? so all of this sounds beautiful, Habib. All of this it is beautiful, but what is the social impact that you've seen in your research? Is, is, has this really trickled over into everyday life for people? Is it being lost? What is some of the social impact that you've seen? The social impact that I've seen is, is touching upon what you just mentioned just like a minute ago men's understanding of, like, it, it was a bruise to a lot of men's ego. Like, a lot of the research I conducted with a number of men before finding out about kunyas and then finding out about it and then practicing it with their female partners, they saw a different appreciation in terms of their woman because a lot of men, a lot of couples do not speak about their pleasures and wants. Do you understand? So but it, a lot of times it needs the man to humble himself and try and understand what pleasures he's, he's lady. And then once he's done that and he sees a different level of gratification and appreciation in their relationships, all of a sudden it makes him feel more better, not only again because he can please his woman, but understand her. So, but I think it, mm. the, it, the most important thing is men have to humble themselves first, first and foremost, and like you said, listen. And then when you're willing to listen and be a vessel of education, then ultimately you see a positive impact in your life. But I think the most important thing is for men to kind of, like you mentioned earlier, humble themselves and listen to those who know better, whether it's coming from a woman or from a man, whether it's coming from someone that's younger than you or older than you. But it, has, it might take a, a little bruise to the ego, but again, it's just to humble yourself and then hopefully you see some you know, beneficial rewards in not only your physical relations, but even just your overall emotional well-being because you're giving satisfaction to someone else, which again, there's no better feeling. I love I love your message. Hoping big things for your book and for your message. Now your insights and stuff. I feel like it's very needed. I mean, we see all the things that were going on in Hollywood and the stuff that has been going on with uh, the patriarchal system and everything. People are getting tired of it. So I, I feel like your message is very timely. So I, if properly marketed and getting out there, I feel like you got a lot of people who want to hear what you got to say, bro. You're in the right place at the right time. I hope you can get your message out there. With that being said, um, since we just only have a few moments left, how can people get more information about your book? Um, when is it going to be out? Do you have workshops? Like, Just give people some information about yourself. Yeah, so people can contact me on social media like Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram. My social media handle on all platforms is my name, Habib Akande, spelled H-A-B-E-E-B, surname spelled A-K-A-N-D-E. 
Um, hopefully, I'm, the book is going to be released this year on the 8th of August, which is in light, the same date as International Female Orgasm Day. So that's why I'm going to try and drop it on 8th of August. Um, like and yeah, yeah, also, I've got a website called rabah.com, R-A-B-A-A-H, which you can find some other works. And hopefully, I would like to be working with different people and different specialities like yourself and try and we can work up, maybe do some seminars or workshops and things like that just to kind of educate people and just, again, learn and benefit from benefit from each other with our own different specialities and research that we found. Hey, definitely love what you're doing, man. Appreciate you, bro. Um, and uh, to all the family out there, thank you for listening. Again, you've been listening to uh, Faux Show Holistic Health on Blog Talk Radio, and I'm your host, Shofar, from Faux Show Energy Work. And um, y'all, y'all, y'all stay up. Let that pleasure flow. And um, we'll be talking to you soon. Again, thank you again, Habib. Thank you very much, Fosho. Take care, brother. Much blessings. No doubt, man. Peace. And what a tea, Mike. Metro PCS and the iPhone SE for $0 on a network that covers 99% of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive. Play with the best. Switch to Metro PCS on an unlimited LTE plan and get a 32-gig iPhone SE for $0. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax. Claim based on talk and text. Not valid for active numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro PCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. What a matchup! And what a tea, Mike. Metro PCS and the iPhone SE for $0 on a network that covers 99% of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive. Play with the best. Switch to Metro PCS and an unlimited LTE plan and get a 32-gig iPhone SE for $0. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax. Claim based on talk and text. Not valid for active numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro PCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.